Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back today in the book of Nineveh. We'll start at verse 3 and go to verse 10 and react as we go. Verse 3, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power. The Lord will by no means clear the guilty. Verse 3 reestates God's sovereignty and God's nature. His nature is not to be an angry God. His nature is to be a loving, kind, and compassionate God. It also states he is great in power. He is not only um, a kind God, but his nature is not to use his power in anger. His nature is to use his power after great patience. And the Lord is by no means, um, will by no means clear the guilty. In other words, he is a just God. He's not a, a corrupt judge who will clear the guilty. He will carry out justice on the guilty. He will punish the guilty. This is his nature. His way is in whirlwind and storm, and the clouds are dust of his feet. This speaks to God's power. He has power over nature itself. No one can compete with his kind of power. This storm or the clouds are just dust of his feet. So it starts off really describing God in a very powerful way, but also into his nature. Verse 4, he rebukes the sea and makes it dry. He dries up all the rivers. I mean, he is sovereign. It's speaking to his sovereignty. Bashan and Carmel wither. The bloom of Lebanon, Lebanon withers. Without water, what happens? Water dries up. Water is life. And it's just almost like a metaphor because God is life. God's word is life. Jesus Christ is described as living water. God has um, <clears throat> sovereignty over the sea. Jesus walked on the water. Jesus calmed the sea. And uh, Moses parted the, 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 um, the Red Sea. Verse 5, the mountains quake before him, the hills melt, the earth heaves before him, the world and all who in it, the world and all who dwell in it. 
God's sovereignty is over the sky and the wind and the clouds uh, and the rain and the sea and the rivers. <clears throat> now he's also stating his sovereignty over the mountains itself and the hills itself. The earth he's before him, the world and all who dwell in it. It almost sets God above any little God that um, any other religion might have. You know, one religion might have a sun God or another, a rain God. God says, I'm sovereign over everything. You name it, I'm sovereign over it. Verse 6, who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? In other words, if God is angry at you because you are guilty and sinful, who can even hope to put up a prayer? It almost shows the foolishness of man trying to resist God's um, power and authority and shows the foolishness of the sin when one selects to choose to separate oneself from God. Or when the prophets say you need to repent of your evil nature because you are separate from God, it almost shows the foolishness of man's position. His wrath is poured out like fire, and the rocks are broken into pieces by him. Again, another vivid picture of his power over everything. Verse 7. This is kind of a famous verse, I think. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in Him. Now, one, as McGee says, a spiritual axiom is the Lord is good. He is total goodness. His presence is goodness. He is the exact opposite of man's evil, man's sin. And he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. He is a protector. He knows those who take refuge in him. There's not a person that God doesn't know when they call on his name as a refuge. Now, you don't always have a happy outcome. But God knows those who take refuge in Him. And when you have a God this powerful and this sovereign over everything, in a way you can be comforted because He's got sovereignty over you too. Verse 8, But with an overflowing flood, He will make a complete end of the adversaries. Now He's shifting. Because remember, this was an oracle back in verse 1 concerning Nineveh. He's talking about Nineveh. He's going to make a complete end, not a partial end. He's going to utterly destroy it. Now, a hundred years earlier, Jonah was there. And hearing the word of God, there was a complete revival in Nineveh. Everyone, 100% of Nineveh, which is, again, the capital city of Assyria, they repented from their sins. But as McGee says, is all... Revivals do they end, and they stopped their repentance, and will pursue his enemies into darkness. That's sort of like the being cast away from the presence of God is to be in darkness. Nineveh was completely destroyed. It's destroyed today. That prophecy is fulfilled. Prophecy, verse nine. What? 
what do you plot against the Lord? In other words, he's saying, well, what do you, what do you, what are your plans to try to do something against God? He will make a complete end. Trouble will not rise up a second time. In other words, he's going to destroy Nineveh. Nineveh will never come back. And it's not even back today. And, rem and remember, the, the Babylonians and the Medes are going to come in and destroy Assyria. The kingdom of Assyria never came back either. For they are like entangled thorns, like drunkards as they drink. They are consumed like stubble, fully dried. He's going to make a complete end. There's... Um, the um, there won't be any resistance, and Nineveh will be destroyed. It won't even be a struggle against the Lord. There's not even a fight to be fought, and Nineveh will be consumed, just like all sin, like stubble fully dried. In other words, when you throw stubble onto a fire that's fully dried, it burns in a second. And that's what it is. He will pursue his enemies into darkness. There won't be anything left. There's nothing you can do against the Lord. You're not coming back. And you're going to be consumed completely and fast in a fire. There won't be a fight to be had. What a an, um, just a powerful, powerful um, statement here about God's nature, God's power, God's sovereignty, and God's justice to those who are separate from Him and those who, by their nature, are evil because God, by His nature, is good. And the comforting thing is that those who call on God, not only is He justice and ju complete justice and complete sovereignty, he is completely personal. He knows those. He knows you in a time of trouble. So we'll stop here and continue our study of Nahum in this powerful little book. So now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host and Zambia Matali. Matali, take it away. And from me to all of you, God bless you, and we'll see you next time.